Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP ink and toner cartridges. Precision engineered to work together with your HP printer. Industries for the Blind presents Blind Living Radio, where you'll hear interesting topics, fun stories, and important news about our blind and visually impaired community. It's time now for Blind Living Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Blind Living Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Harley Thomas, in the HP studio. And I'm Philip Mason. Philip Mason, here I am. Thanks for having me back, Harley. It's nice to have you back, sir. It's It's always good. And we kind of match today, too, with our colors. You know what? We match really close today. We're both wearing very bright plaid colored shirts. It's kind of good. I usually stand out in the crowd myself, but. And why do you stand out in the crowd, Philip? Well, you know, a big part of it is because I have albinism, so I'm a little bit brighter and lighter than everyone else. That is kind of our topic today. It is. <laughs> that was a good segue. Not bad if I do say so myself. I think we have a great partner with us today who's going to come and help us talk more about albinism, not just what I know, but what he knows as well. That's what we really want to do is teach the audience a little bit about albinism, some of the resources that are available to folks that may have albinism. And I think we'll learn some interesting facts along the way, too, like people with albinism are legally blind. And there's different types of albinism Mm -hmm. from ocular and other related conditions like HPS. But you are still able to do many things that everyone else can do. And the limits are maybe... I haven't found any yet. You haven't found any yet, which is true, because you drive a car. I drive a motorcycle. And you drive a motorcycle, which some people might say, how does a blind person drive a motorcycle? Fast. Fast. <laughs> well, you know, I'm being back home here in Milwaukee, where we're at the home of Harley-Davidson. Right. So I had to go back to my local roots. That's right. The wind in your hair, except you the wear a helmet. The that's left. The little that's left. But you wear a helmet. Of course. Got to stay safe. You've got the gear. And, you know, and that helmet has a really nice sun visor in it to block out all that extra light. Which is very key to you because albinism, you have an extreme light sensitivity. Exactly. Pretty much all of us are very photophobic. So anything that we can do to reduce the light, and especially on these bright sunny days, is very important. Philip, can you explain a little bit about what albinism is from a medical standpoint, the ocular albinism? Well, I think one of the biggest things is at the simple core of it, what it really stands for is a lack of pigment in the eye, skin, and hair. And it just has varying degrees with that. Some people are a little bit darker, may have a sandy blonde hair. Then, you know, one of your favorite people, Kara, she has pretty much platinum blonde hair. Yes, she does. Then there's me who have yellow hair, if you will. You know, it really gets more complicated, or really the true complication is in the eyes. Because you need pigment in the back of the eyes to help develop and help block out light, and that really what caused one of the common themes or threads with disabilities with those who have albinism is poor eyesight. Which could limit your possibilities of driving or working, finding a job. I wouldn't say it completely limits the possibilities, but it's definitely one of those things that can be a barrier. And many people just got to find, you know, the bridges to help cross that barriers and find opportunities out there. There are many, many bridges. Many bridges. That's a good term. And some people build their own bridges. And part of it is being part of an organization with like-minded individuals, I think. That is huge. Um, Actually, I joined an organization when I was younger, roughly about 12, 14 years ago, um, who's led by Mike McGowan, who's going to be our um, guest on the show today. But the name of the organization is NOAA. It stands for National Organization for Albinism and Hypopigmentation. 
Without further ado, Philip, I think we should probably get Mike on the phone. What do you think? Sure, let's give him a call. All right. Let's see what he's up to. Hello, this is Mike. Hi, Mike. This is Harley Thomas and Philip Mason from Blind Living Radio. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Mike, me and you, we go back a long ways, and I was telling Harley a little bit more about albinism. Since you are the executive director of the National Organization for Albinism and Hypopigmentation, we thought to get you on the line and tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do. And the organization as a whole. NOAA is a genetic support group for people with albinism, and people with albinism are more colloquially referred to as albinos. A common view of a person with albinism would be one with much lighter than normal skin or hair for their racial or ethnic background. The thing that a lot of people don't know about albinism is that there is some degree of uncorrectable low vision associated with the condition. The problem with the way that a person with albinism sees is not like most common eye problems that affect the front of the eye. The problem lies with the back of the eye, the lack of pigment in the retina and a misformation of transmission from the retina to the brainstem are crossed and aren't properly transmitted to the brain. So the person with albinism doesn't see poorly in the sense of things being severely out of focus, like someone who has a significant refractive error that can be corrected with spectacles or contact lenses. The person with albinism sees the world in less detail. In other words, the way that a person with albinism would see in their visual impairment would be the difference between looking at an old analog television and a high-definition television. The other thing that people with albinism deal with from a visual standpoint is photophobia because of the lack of pigment in their retina and very light coloring of the iris. A lot of light gets into their eye, and therefore they have some problems with photophobia. Sounds like my old description of, you know, National Geographic picture versus the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And one of the things Philip and I talk about, because it's summertime and the lack of pigmentation, Philip does all sorts of things. You spend time outside. One of the big things that Mike pointed out is, you know, Noah gave a lot of great information about just how to stay safe in the sun. I'm African-American, and most of my family really don't worry about it too much because they have more pigment in their skin. Noah's mission is to be a conduit of accurate and authoritative information about living with albinism, and we strive to bring people together to share information and support through conferences and local meetings and through our website and various ways that we disseminate information. It's it's real important, I think, for people who share a rare genetic condition to have these resources so that they don't have to discover them themselves. Over and over again, I hear from uh, adults with albinism uh, that say that, you know, we didn't have this when we were younger, that this uh, resources is invaluable to people with albinism, and, and I think that parents uh, appreciate the fact that when they have a child with albinism that there's a place for them to go to get not only factual information about dealing with things like the low vision associated with albinism and skin protection, but they can also deal with some of the social and emotional issues that come with having a condition like albinism. 
Mike, can you tell us a little about your upcoming conference, the NOAA conference? NOAA's, NOAA's flagship program is a biennial national conference. We're having our 2016 conference. It's our 16th in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, July 14th to 17th. We're expecting nearly a 1,000 people to participate in that conference. We offer a series of educational programs, much like any business conference, where there are breakout sessions and plenary sessions that cover any number of subjects regarding albinism, from the genetics, the latest research, to sun protection, as we talked about a minute ago, to low vision driving, to dealing with the stigma of looking different. For parents of kids with albinism, we have sessions that deal with how to do an individualized education program, which is mandated by the federal government. And, And not only the information that we have there, but the opportunity for people to get together and meet one another and know that they're not alone, for kids to see that there are other kids that look like them and that they're handling the same issues. Uh, As much as goes on in the educational sessions, great things go on over meals and in the hallways and during our social times as well. We need to take a quick break with Blind Living Radio. I'm Harley Thomas in studio with Philip Mason. On the phone, we have Mr. Mike McGowan, the Executive Director from the National Organization of Al- for Albinism and Hypopigmentation. Or just NOAA. It's so much easier. We'll be right back. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this is Blind Living Radio. From Industries for the Blind, providing employment opportunities for blind professionals since 1952. Welcome back to Blind Living Radio. I'm Harley Thomas in the HP studio with... Philip Mason, and we have a great guest today. Yes, we do. One of my old-time friends, if I can still call him a friend, we have Mike McGowan from NOAA, who's the executive director. Mike, is it okay if Philip calls you a good friend, an old friend? It certainly is. We go back a long way. Mike, before we got you on the phone, Philip and I were talking about his love affair with his new motorcycle. And some people might say, how does someone who is blind drive? How does low vision driving really work? And you mentioned right before the break that at the NOAA conference coming up, that's actually a special session that you have. Can you talk a little bit about low vision driving? Uh, Many states have laws that allow with special accommodations for people with low vision to drive. Typically, A person with albinism can achieve a driver's license by using what is called a bioptic. And a bioptic basically is a little telescope that's mounted in a regular pair of glasses. Now, they don't drive looking through that little tiny telescope because the field of vision would be dramatically reduced. What they do is they use that to spot uh, items down the road. So NOAA, for example, has added to its conference this year a low vision driving workshop that'll take place uh, and it'll be an entire day, the day before the conference. And we have a bunch of experts that are coming in that can explain to someone who has low vision or the parent of a child with low vision what that process is all about. In addition to that, we have a series of three sessions at the conference that are designed for the person who has casual interest in low vision driving as sort of an introduction. And one of the examples of those sessions is we do a low vision driving panel so people can hear from people like Philip who have gone through the process and how they can overcome the low vision associated with their condition and become independent and get around in a vehicle. And meet some great resources. You know, from NOAA, I met some great people because I moved around a little bit. I lived in Illinois and 
I also lived in Maryland most recently before coming back to Wisconsin. It was nice to have a person who I can call or reach out to that can tell me, like, this is what you have to do in Maryland. And you learned some of it from networking events at, at NOAA. I'm sure you met a lot of people at the NOAA event. Tons of people. You know, I've been involved with NOAA since the San Francisco conference back in, what was that, Mike, 2002? 2002, we did one there. And, and one of the other things that happens at the NOAA conference, is, as you've alluded to, Phil, is the the connections that people make, so the conversations and sharing experiences. And low-vision driving is one of those things that is maybe not for everybody. So the process of deciding whether that is possible or not can be worked out, can be worked through at a conference like NOAA. And one of the other things that we do to offer as a complement to that is that we have a uh, national expert coming in who's going to be talking about non-drivers, getting around when you don't drive a car in our very car-centric society. So we try to cover the waterfront and we try to be open and accepting of all sorts of different viewpoints. And we don't really tell people, well, this is how you need to live as a person with albinism. We provide a bunch of information and we allow them to make their own personal decisions. You did say NOAA is a resource, and that certainly sounds like it's a resource beyond information on a web page. You have a network of thousands of people that you can talk to and reach out to and get answers. Right, and NOAA tries to facilitate that in many ways. We're looking now at trying to best harness the power of social media and get people together to talk. There are several albinism-related Facebook groups that are out there right now. We try to achieve is an opportunity for people in the community to come together and to receive that information. But as much as that information is conveyed in sessions, a lot of the real benefit of the conference comes during the meal times and during the social events where people get to relax and get to know one another and realize that they're not alone. And that's, that's a, a real benefit that the organization brings, uh, especially to children. Uh, one of the things that the parents of children with albinism express to us in leadership is that they want their kids to know other kids that have albinism because oftentimes, maybe with the exception of a sibling, they may be the only kid with albinism in their school or their town. Which and is not easy. Yeah, it's, it's tough to be that one. Unfortunately, society has a stigma of difference. And, and you know, to, for kids to know that there are other kids out there that are like them is uh, of tremendous value. Some of the other things that happen at the conference, uh, for example, you know, technology today for people with blindness and low vision is, you know, becoming so much more mainstream. We have an orientation and mobility specialist who has albinism who's going to do a, a session strictly on how to use iOS and Apple devices in navigating and getting around. How can we get more information? Where can I go to learn more about for someone who has albinism? NOAA's website is www.albinism.org. It was recently rebuilt within the last year or so, and we are adding to it all the time. One of the things that we're going to announce at the conference is that we are adding an albinism resource library to that website, which our goal is for that to be a portal to all manner of information about albinism and living with albinism. That is a great idea to create that resource center. And, Mike, we have come to the end of our show. We are actually out of time. 
Well, I definitely want to thank you for joining us today. You know, haven't seen you since San Diego, the last conference. See you in a few days at the conference in Pittsburgh. But I want to thank you for your time today, Mike. Well, Phil Harley, thank you so much for your time. Always grateful for an opportunity to let people know about Noah and Albinism. And we want to thank you for sharing. I want to let our audience know we want to thank Mike McGowan, Executive Director for the National Organization for Albinism and Hypopigmentation. I'm Harley Thomas in the HP studio, joined with Philip Mason. And we will see you all next week. Blind Living Radio is proud to be supported by Industries for the Blind in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. To learn more about Industries for the Blind, go to IBMILW.com and find out how you can directly help support the blind community. Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP Ink and Toner Cartridges, precision engineered to work together with your HP printer. I'm Mike McGowan, Executive Director of NOAA, the National Organization for Albinism and Hypopigmentation, and you're listening to Blind Living Radio.